it was such a beautiful dance this time. I wasn't trying to leave my body. Like I, I wanted to be experiencing these things. It was not a pain-free, I didn't have a pain-free birth, but I welcomed the sensations. Like I was so happy to have them. And so all the pictures I look back on, my hands are open, my mouth, my jaw is relaxed. And I'm just like, my eyes are closed. I'm just in this place. I just remember I was just saying open, open, and thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. When your birth plans change, what do you do? Do you jump to a place of self-loathing and frustration or do you take it in stride and choose to love your experience? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 124 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and although my first question is certainly easier said than done, Jasmine and her husband, Julian, have some lessons to share with us today all about this subject and many more. From a hospital birth that turned out differently than expected to a home birth abroad in Tokyo, get ready. This story is incredible. And happy Mother's Day. Whether you're preparing to conceive, whether you're mourning a loss, planning your first home birth, or driving around in your 12-passenger van full of offspring, I want you to know that you are so important. Mothers, no matter what stage, they're just incredible. You have done and will do amazing things. And I want to celebrate you this week. So to all of the mamas who want to prepare like Jasmine does in this episode with Happy Home Birth Academy, use code MOM20 at checkout and get 20% off. This deal expires Friday, May 14th at midnight, so be sure to jump on it early. You can head to the show notes and you'll find a link there, or just go to myhappyhomebirth.com and in the top right-hand corner, click Happy Home Birth Academy and that will take you to the sales page. Okay, before we get into Jasmine's beautiful story, let's take a quick moment to thank our reviewer of the week, Girl Mom, who wrote, so encouraging. My sister just told me about this podcast and I'm so happy. I love that there's a podcast directly dedicated to home birth stories. I'm going to attempt my third home birth in a few months after having my first baby at home with a transfer for the baby. Second baby was a hospital transfer during pushing with vacuum delivery, and now I'm hoping for my healing third home birth. These stories are giving me hope, and I even had a dream last night after listening to this about having a pain-free birth. It was so lovely, and I love this resource as I'm preparing for another home birth. Girl Mom, what a beautiful review. I am praying that pain-free birth over you and hoping you continue to feel confident and empowered as you listen to this story as well as all of the others. If you'll send me an email at caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I will be sure to send you a Happy Home Birth podcast sticker. And of course, if you're loving this show, would you go show some love on Apple Podcasts? It's a free, relatively easy way to support the mission behind Happy Home Birth and get this show into the ears of the mothers who need it. All right, let's jump in. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and this show is not meant to prescribe or treat. It's an educational tool, so continue to take empowered responsibility for your health and your family. Jasmine, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. 
Oh, thank you, Caitlin. I'm so happy to be here. This has been, um, I feel like just a long, what, two years or, or more of me listening to your podcast. Um, I remember with our firstborn, I would go for walks shortly after she was born and just listen to all your home birth podcasts. And, and I think I was actually like manifesting this moment, actually being here talking to you and and ultimately having that home birth with our second one. So I'm just so grateful to actually be here. I think even Alex, shortly after the birth, I didn't share it with anyone, but it was a thought I had like, we had the home birth. I get to go on the podcast now. Cause I was like, if I don't have this home birth, she might not let me on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're too funny. Well, it's so interesting because I feel the same way on my end. Like I remember you on Instagram from, so long ago. And I mean, you have the most gorgeous photos on Instagram, so it's very easy to remember, but to then have you in the course inside of Happy Home Birth Academy as a student, I was so excited to see your name pop up and, and just kind of experiencing your pregnancy through social media. And then it wasn't very long ago that I got an email from you saying, you know, like we did it, we had the happy home birth. So I was so thrilled to get you onto the podcast. And with that being said, would you mind kind of introducing yourself and your family and lifestyle to the listeners? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name's Jasmine. Um, we are currently living in Tokyo. And I live here with my husband, Julian, our now three-year-old Savannah, which everybody calls her Savvy. And um, she's quite the little celebrity in our, in our neighborhood. <laughs> um, and now also our six-week-old Niall Alexander, he was our home birth baby. And yeah, it's just been such a dream. I'm so grateful to currently just be full-time mom, full-time wife and really just pouring into my family and getting to experience this amazing city that we're in. Um, And while also still supporting women um, in the um, doula aspect as I also am a doula. And so, yeah, I kind of just feel like right now this season has just been birth babies and love and adventure and just experiences that I hope will stay with our family for forever, so. Yeah. That's incredible. And I, you touched on the fact that you are in Tokyo right now. I know that wasn't the case for your first birth. So what will, it'll be fun to kind of compare and contrast the two, but how did you make your way to Tokyo? Yeah. So, um, my husband works with the government, so we're kind of, this is our, (laughs) our life. We're always somewhere. Um, and a lot of the times it's, he's always somewhere. And then we would do like long distance and have amazing trips and visits and and that kind of stuff. But when we got word that, um, he was going to be needed in Tokyo and that they were going to like have us in a position where the family could come and we could stay and savvy could go to school here. Um, yeah, I mean this, we were like, yeah, let's go. Like when, when is, where are the tickets? Like, sign us up. So we've been here a year and a half and what a wild time to be here, right? Because shortly after we got here, COVID uh, came into play and we just always say, we're so grateful that we're together because maybe had we not gotten to this, our family all in the same city, 
and he were still in one country and we were in the States and then COVID hit, who knows how long we'd be apart, right? So uh, yeah, we're just grateful to be together and then to be in a country that's really done um, really well with the way they've kind of controlled the numbers and everything. So um, yeah, we're we're happy to be in Tokyo. And now I'm like, um, good luck getting me to leave. Good luck. Like if you think I'm having babies in any other country, you're wrong. <laughs> We're having all our babies here, okay? It's a no. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we can't leave until we have all the babies. <laughs> that is so exciting to hear. Then I can't wait to hear how that actually unfolded. But if you don't mind, I'd love to start with your first birthing experience and what that was like in the States, just how it all went. Oh, man, our birth with Savvy was a hospital birth. We were in Virginia, um, Northern Virginia, and... We taken, my husband and I took a home birthing, uh, a hypnobirthing course. Um, and so we got our feet wet, a little, uh, feet wet a little bit with the hypnobirthing. And at the time, I felt like I was super prepared in that way. Um, now, though, doing hypnobirthing and hypnobabies in a totally different level, I feel like I, I hadn't given as, as much time to it as I needed to. That's one thing about like if you're going to do the hypnosis during pregnancy and birth, it's very time consuming. And at the time I was still working as a reporter and commuting an hour plus to work every day. So it just wasn't, it was something we, we attempted to do. And I feel like we did it to the best of our ability. And I feel like it did help through the birth ultimately. But um, so we did our hypnobirthing courses together and then man, 40 weeks came and went, <laughs> 41 weeks came and went, no baby, as is often the case with first time moms, right? And, but I mean, the doctor's appointments and we were with a, we were with a um, practice that was like, um, you see midwives, hospital midwives. And then if there's an emergency, the doctor will come in. So, but the midwives we were seeing towards the end of our pregnancy, we started doing a lot of the oh, your baby's going to be too big. You won't be able to have a vaginal birth. Um, you're putting your, your baby at risk. You could possibly, you know, kill your baby by continuing to, to keep the baby inside of you. We need to induce you. This is like, it was just so much fear mongering. Um, and we knew, we didn't believe anything that they were saying, but a lot of times when it's your first baby, plus you're in this system, right? Like, I mean, we have, this is where we're, we're birthing. So we, we kind of need to work with these people. Um, we ultimately decided like, okay, we'll go ahead and do an induction um, because there was actually no really other option that they were presenting us. So they were like, okay, by 41 weeks and three days, if you're still pregnant, we're going to induce. And I was still pregnant. And so um, we were preparing, like my husband, Julian and I were preparing mentally just for the reality that, yeah, this birth is not going to be what we thought it was going to be because we knew that an induction was going to be a totally different beast. Um, so I just did a lot of praying the last couple of days just to get my mind like, okay, if she, if Savvy wants to stay in me a little bit longer and we end up having to do this induction, like just whatever tools I need to have mentally and physically, God, please just make sure that I can get through this in a, in a healthy way and the baby can get here in a healthy way. And, and the morning of the induction, I woke up, I had been so anxious before, you know, just 
leading up to the birth. And then the morning of the induction, I woke up, I had so much peace. I was just like, so it wasn't even like a happy or excited state, just like, like a quiet confidence. I was just ready. And I was just, um, comforted. I didn't feel alone or scared. I didn't have any of those fear tactics that they were using. I wasn't focusing on any of those things. So the morning of the induction was actually a really beautiful day. Um, and then when we went to the hospital, Julian and I, we just had a good time. <laughs> we should have been sleeping had I known that like inductions were going, can be really long and taxing on your body to say the least. We should have checked in at the hospital and went to sleep. But we were like, oh, like Netflix and chill. Like let's order food. Like let's watch some, like we were having a great time. We were like, this is our baby moon number two. <laughs> um, so man, but they um, induced me. And by the time the uh, surges really kicked in, they were so intense. And my surges were like double peaking surges. So there was no break. Like if you were looking at the monitor, there was never a real valley. It was just like mountain peak, mountain peak, mountain peak. I mean, my, it was like my body was being attacked and we were just listening to our hypnobirthing affirmations. We had them playing in the room. We had um, like uh, the lighting down low. We had wedding pictures everywhere. We we did all these things that we could to try to make the experience as peaceful as it could be. Um, and And it was, but just the attack on my body felt like so much, but, but we, we stuck it out. My husband was doing counter pressure on me. Bless him. We didn't have a doula at the time. I wasn't a doula at the time. We didn't, I didn't understand the significance of having one. And so, I mean, Julian was just there with me like 18 hours counter pressure. Never, he never sat down. He went to the bathroom a couple of times and I would like scream for him. Where are you Come back? Like, how dare you? Oh, so it was quite the, uh, we were in it, man. We were in the throes just going through it together. It was just he and I. And um, I have to say, I think because it was so difficult physically and because of the way he supported me, I felt so, I was in a lot of pain. I was in so much pain, but emotionally I felt so strong and I felt, I never felt more connected to him than I did when we were trying to bring Savannah into the world. And so at one point though, I just, we were so tired. He was falling asleep, standing up, trying to do counter pressure. I was like losing every ounce of strength I had. And, and I just said, I'm so afraid that, it, cause I wasn't dilating quickly at all. Again, obviously it's, it's fine. First time birth, you know, birth. And also this is a birth that we're forcing on my body that wasn't actually ready to happen anyway. So it was taking a while, which I understand now, but in the moment, I just had such clarity that I saw so clearly that if we kept on doing what we were doing, my body was going to open. I wasn't afraid of that. And, but I just knew that when we got time to push, I wouldn't have anything left. And I would, we would have gone through all of this 24 hours, 36 hours of labor and then find ourselves in a situation where I was just totally depleted. And um, so we kind of had a little powwow, Julian and I, we were just like, 
you know, I was telling him, I'm so sorry because I know this is not what we planned. And I always feel like the birth was both of our births. Like I'm the one who's physically going through this, but this is something we both invested in and we've worked so hard for. So I was like, I'm so sorry, but, but I think I need to get the epidural. And he's like, no, don't be sorry. Like, that's a good, you're having clarity in this moment and you know that that's what you need so that we can continue to cope. So he helped me look at it as not like a, um, I didn't feel defeated, right? I could have felt really defeated in that moment, but instead the way he phrased everything and the way he supported me in that decision, it just made me feel like, we're making a really solid game time decision. So I felt so empowered with that, right? And that helped me really see the importance of the way you speak over things in your birth and the way that um, a woman is supported in her decisions in her birth. And so- So powerful. Yeah, I had, I mean, I was like, so now we're totally off track with our birth plan. (laughs) Everything's out the window. But yeah, I was like so- happy and feeling so strong and and at peace with everything which would not have been the case if I had allowed myself to just think I was failing at what we were trying to do right right and so we got the epidural my body finally was able to relax I was still having those crazy back-to-back surges but I didn't I just felt pressure I didn't feel oh this just like I was no longer trying to escape my body. So I was able to relax. And I think just as soon as my body relaxed, we were like, it was maybe two hours max. And then they said, Oh, you're a 10, you know, like all of a sudden, Oh, what do you know? (laughs) You were able to relax and your body opened up and um, yeah. And so we um, were able to start pushing now with savvy. Again, I felt pressure, but I, I didn't feel like my legs and 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 stuff like that so they had to guide me with the pushing but i really enjoyed it um growing up an athlete i kind of loved them everyone like cheering me on and it was just we had a, a female midwife all female nurses in there my mom was there um we had her come in when it was time to push but during the labor it was just julian and i but my mom was there so I just felt like I had all these like amazing women in the room with me and they were so excited and they were so encouraging and gosh, Julian was there and just like, he was, I was just seeing him get more and more excited. There was one point where he felt like the baby was going to, I was going to be pushing her out really soon. So he like starts taking off his shirt and the midwife was like, what are you doing? (laughs) He's like, I'm getting ready for skin to skin. And it's just, it was so good. And so I really enjoyed the the pushing. I felt like it was such a spiritual time too. I felt so connected to just like something bigger than myself. And, and I was talking to Savannah the whole time, just t- cheering her on. And, and even when she finally came out, the first thing I said was like, you did it, you did it. It wasn't like, oh, I did it. You know, it was like, you did it. You made your way here in spite of like, you weren't ready to come and we forced you to come and these crazy contractions and, and you made it and you're so healthy. Nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong with you. You know, these were all my fears in the back of my mind with, with some of the induction, you know, things that can happen with inductions. And so I was just so proud of her. And so I was proud of Savvy and Julian was proud of me. And it was just like such a beautiful love triangle. I feel 
Wow, um, I'm so proud of everyone. <laughs> yeah, we're just all so proud. Um, I've got to say, I love your perspective and the way that you chose to look at that situation. And it sounds like a lot of it really did stem from your husband's acknowledgement of like, yeah, this is great. This is our game plan. This is what we're doing. You are making an informed decision. We're yeah. choosing this and we're going to do it this way. And it's going to be great. And then yeah. from here on out, it's like, you just gave yourself the space to appreciate your situation. That's, that is yes. so powerful. Yeah, that is, I couldn't have said that better, Caitlin. That's exactly what it, that's exactly what it was. And, um, so then it just helped so much with postpartum, right? I never looked back and felt shame about how our birth went or I was never, I mean, I was just, we left the hospital and we were like, um, let's go back and do that again. Julie and I both were like, that was so fun. <laughs> like, and this is after a wild induction, but what it really showed me and what Savannah really taught me is just, again, the importance of, of support. Um, and she's Savannah's literally the reason I stopped my 10 year career and, and got into, you know, training for it to be a doula and started my doula business because that's how powerful her birth was and showing me that you can have a situation that's totally out of your control. Um, you can have a hospital birth that can turn out to be beautiful and empowering and, and just incredible. You can have an induction that can still end up being what feels like the birth of your dreams. And so I've been just, that's been my focus now is helping women realize like, even if you have a hospital birth, I can help you have a really beautiful one. Or even if your birth strays from your original plan, that support that you have is just invaluable. And the way we frame our, our births, I feel like has such an impact on us postpartum and, and how we connect with our babies and then the start that our little ones get in the world. And so um, yeah, I'm so grateful that my husband, he's, he's great at the like locker room pep talks. Like, yeah, that's his jam. And so <laughs> like he's great with those and, um, they help so much through Savvy's birth. And even in postpartum, we were just like, so in love. And so we just had, we were just in tune with each other. We found our rhythm very quickly. And again, I think all of that stemmed from the way he supported me in the birth and, so I focus on that so much with couples now, like, man, the way the husband and wife can connect in a birth can really take your marriage to a whole different level. Like people think if you have kids that it interferes with your relationship or your marriage. And we're like, we're telling people the opposite. Like, no, this can enhance your whole entire life. Like the way your husband will look at you, the way you will look at your husband, the way you guys will be on the same team as your parenting is just so powerful. So yeah, I'm, we're so grateful that Savvy came with all of these lessons for us and and she really um, prepared us for Niall's birth. I feel like she really, she Niall's birth wouldn't have happened the way it did without Savvy's birth happening exactly the way it did, I feel. Oh gosh, I just, I'm so grateful for you sharing this perspective. I think that it can be so healing for others who maybe they had a similar experience, but, but didn't know that they could frame it in such a way. So even to look back and think, oh, 
yes, okay, so this happened this way, but that mm-hmm. led me to this next decision and it needed to happen this way so that I could be yeah. in this place. And I, I just, you're so right in the sense that frame framing makes such a difference. Um, yeah. And the fact that you're able to kind of gift that to Savvy mm-hmm. by saying, you know, like, yeah, your, your birth was incredible. It was not what I expected. It was incredible though. And we yeah. learned all of these things from it. That's, oh, Jasmine, you're giving me chills. <laughs> all the things I learned from my baby, I swear they come with so many lessons for us. I, I, I'm so grateful. Yeah. Well, okay. So you have this this very interesting birthing experience with your first. And then what happened after this postpartum when you guys decided to get pregnant again, or I guess, had you already moved to Tokyo before you got pregnant? Yeah, so we were in Tokyo. Um, so we were apart for, uh, let's see, Julian went overseas to a post where he had to go by himself in the Middle East. Um, Savvy was about eight months. So from eight months, so for basically a year, um, we were apart. So we always joke, like the only reason the gap is the age gap is what it is with these babies. (laughs) We would have been on like baby number three by now. Had we actually been in the same place, (laughs) Um, but we were apart. So one thing I will say though, is that gave my body a, a, oh yes, I did want to say, yeah, with that first one, because of the way I pushed, Mm -hmm. oh man, my tear was so bad. And my pelvic floor was so bad. So that paired with the fact that we were so high and so happy about how our birth was. And I was out and about doing all the things everywhere. I mean, we left the hospital. We were like, okay, family date day, like, let's go. And so I didn't give myself proper time to heal. So I think really that whole time Julian was overseas, I mean, I was doing pelvic floor therapy. I was trying to get back even to a place where we could do this again or we could even make another baby. Like I was in so much pain and um, my pelvic floor was just so in such bad condition that even if we'd been together, it it probably wouldn't have been healthy. So um, yeah, so I spent that time that he was overseas, just like getting my body ready to, to try to do this again. Um, and so then we were here in Tokyo, um, yeah. And then I think that was about, so we came in December, 2019. Yeah. 2019. And then, um, early summer of 2020, Julian and I were having a conversation just, I remember the, the night, uh, we were like, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, we, we think about, you know, trying soon. We want the age gap with Savvy and her sibling to be fairly close, like within three years. And so we were saying like, yeah, maybe like uh, Julian and I are going back and forth. Yeah, maybe we'll start trying September, you know, August. And I think at the time it was like June. And so we had this really casual conversation. And then like the next morning we made Nile. <laughs> so it was like a code conversation. It was like, we're both acting like we're not pressed about this, but we're about to make this baby today. <laughs> it was actually like a little like, are we on the same page? Yeah, we're on the same page. And I do want to say too, that like, um, that's, we're so grateful because I know that's it, for it to happen that quickly and that easily is not, um, the case for a lot of families. So 
I do hold space for that. But yes, it was very quick and and um, we were we were we were grateful. So that was summer of 2020. And I think shortly before that conversation, I just randomly we were kind of talking about how birth was being affected here in Tokyo and how a lot of women were having to give birth by themselves, even expat women who don't speak Japanese. So now you're in a situation where there's a language barrier, plus you're birthing alone, no doulas allowed, no husbands allowed. Um, and I just was, my heart was breaking for so many people were even just saying, you know what, forget my birth plan. I'm just going to go straight for planned cesarean birth because I just can't deal with being by myself. Right. And I, 100% get that, that, that I feel like that would have been me. Like you, you just, without the support and, and all of the other variables that were in play at that time, how can you even navigate any of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a conversation one time we were just driving home from the store and I was like, wait, what did, what, what if, uh, we tried for a home birth next time? I just threw it out there. This was like a couple months before we even got pregnant, but I was just trying to put my feeler out there and Julian just said hmm yeah yeah we can do it yeah you can do it you can do it like what and I was like what really (laughs) wow okay so he I think seeing us in the seeing how we operated in the first birth then him seeing how I supported women as a doula um while you know in that time that we were um apart and I think he just really believed in my body and in birth itself. He believes in like the birth process and the woman's body, even beyond me. Like he's so he's like drinking all the Kool-Aid. Okay. He's like, (laughs) (laughs) so um, he fully was like, yeah, yeah, we can do it. And then with, we were just saying, and then with COVID here, so doing a home birth here would mean, if we did decide to transfer or need to transfer in the middle of the home birth, our midwife would get to actually go with me. So now I have a person with me, right? It's almost like finding a back door into how can you work around this? Now I have someone with me who speaks Japanese. I have someone with me who's been with me through my whole pregnancy. Even if she's not going to, you know, help bring the baby into the world, she'd be there with me. So we thought, it's almost like even safer than just trying to do the hospital route. Right. If you're, if your concern is like, oh, home birth isn't safe. If that's something you think, well, this is actually a good backdoor into having support in the hospital. So um, that was our, how we figured out just uh, the home birth was going to be for us. And, and how, um, as soon as we got pregnant, we knew, like, I think it was maybe, I knew I was pregnant so fast this time. I was so in tune with my body. It was like three days later, I was like short of breath. And I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. I knew it. <laughs> I knew I was pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm short of breath. And I'm pregnant. I'm so tired. I'm, I'm just not I'm pregnant. Like everything I just, I just knew um, this time. And so, yeah, that was a little segue into baby Niles pregnancy. (laughs) I love it. And so you knew going into this pregnancy that you were going to look into home birth. So what was that like in Tokyo? I don't know what the home birth kind of Mm. system is like there. And how was it finding a midwife? You know what? Um, So since the 
since Julian gave me that okay, that like, oh yeah, we could do a home birth. I had already started reaching out to midwives just to try and figure out, so what would this even look like for us? Like you said, and um, there was one midwife that I'd really been going back and forth with. And we really, I liked her style, like just even the way she was communicating with me and what she was open to um, doing even during COVID times. Some of the other midwives I was talking to, they seem to have a lot more, I guess, boundaries. So it felt more like hospital. So I, I just liked how open um, the, uh, this one midwife was and she wasn't operating from like a fear-based standpoint, it felt. And I love that. So I actually had a friend that I met for coffee a couple of days after um, Julian and I, <laughs> after Nile was conceived. <laughs> and, <laughs> But I didn't actually know I was pregnant, but I knew I was pregnant, you know, but I, with the test didn't know I was pregnant, but I knew I was. And so I had went to coffee with this mama friend that I have. Our kids are like running around and, and I was like, where did you, um, where did you give birth? She has four babies. And so her youngest one is, he was one year old at the time. So I said, where'd you, um, where'd you birth him? You know, where'd you, where'd you guys have him? And she's like, oh, we had him at home. And I was like, no, she's like, yeah, with Sosan. And I was like, Sosan, that's who I've been talking to. So this to me, because I'm like, everything is a sign, right? I was like, oh, this is the universe is telling me Sosan is supposed to bring this baby into the world that I know that I'm pregnant with, that the test does not know that I'm pregnant with. <laughs> so all these connections. <laughs> and um, she was just telling me, she's like, Sosan is magical. She's got this like sixth sense and, and, my friend was getting teary-eyed and I was getting teary-eyed, just the energy. She didn't have to say too many words, right? Like, you know how birth is, it's, sometimes there's no words and you can't even figure it out. But if you're talking to somebody who gets it, you're just like, this is, yeah, this is, I, I hear you. You're saying nothing and I totally understand what you're saying. And thank you for explaining this to me. <laughs> and, yeah. And and so I just knew I left um, having, I left that coffee date and that play date knowing like, okay, Sosan is, Sosan's going to be our midwife. And we um, arranged to have like a tour of the birth center, which they call birth house here in Tokyo um, shortly after that. And yeah, we were, I think, I think at that time, it was so early when we toured the, the birth house, I was like five weeks. Like I just gotten the at-home pregnancy test finally said you're pregnant. I'd been taking them like every day. <laughs> and I think it was finally a yes. And so, um, so son was like, yeah, come on in. Let's, let's do this. And so originally our plan was like, well, let's check the birth house. If we are comfortable there, maybe I'll birth at the birth house. But um, yeah, as soon as we left, Julian was like, let's just do it at, at home. Let's do, do all your care here. And then we'll, we'll birth at home. And so son was, super on board with that, even though she, she would even tell me, she said, the safest place you can have your baby is at home. So I will be happy to support you, you know, like mm. just hearing that just, um, I was like, yeah, she's speaking my language. So oh, I, I feel like that. I love to hear that. Just like that recognition that, yeah, this is the safest place where you <laughs> created this baby is where you can birth this baby safely. Yeah. And that was her, that was her running theme throughout the pregnancy. Anytime something came up, she's no, this woman has no fear. She's, 
she has, I said, so, so son, how many babies do you have? And she said, oh, over 2000, you know, she's done thousands of births. She's brought thousands of babies into the world. And we, we felt so safe with her. The second that the first time we went to the birth center to tour it, she opened the door and she's like bouncing a baby on her hip. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is it right here. This is everything I need in my life. Right. Like this vibe is what we're going for. And <laughs> she has over 2000 babies and now Niall is one of them. And I can't oh. even believe it. That's amazing. So yeah. she's doing your prayer. You're, you're doing your um, prenatals at the birth house. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything different in prenatal care there or was it pretty consistent to what you experienced in the States? I, I have to say that in the States, you know, I did it. I didn't, I wasn't working with a home birth midwife, so I don't want to compare um, or like speak. The what I'm going to compare is not necessarily apples and apples. I'll say that. Right. Um, but my God, the way that Sosan and her midwives uh, took care of me as the birthing person and as the pregnant woman was just mind blowing. I mean, everything was about here they, they really just believe that everything's connected. Like if you have one thing going on in your body, it's connected to another thing that's going on in your body. Nothing is an isolated issue. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's very um, different than care I received in the States. And then even um, from some of the women I've supported in the States who were working with midwives and birth centers, um, the idea here in Japan with this traditional midwife, the idea that the woman is the most important aspect here. And if we take care of her and and her entirety, her whole body, her whole spirit, her whole spirit, her whole mind, then the baby will be okay. And the pregnancy will be smooth. Um, They had so many little things that they were adamant about. Like I had to wear socks that covered that went up to my calf you know can't have your ankles out can't have your joints out can't eat ice cream can't like all these little things and I would every time I would like break the rule they would know they could look at my body feel my body they could massage my feet and say you ate ice cream on Thursday (gasps) how did you know this so son why are you doing this to me I don't like this wow So, I mean, the way that they are just so in tune with um, the woman's body was just, oh my God, it was a beautiful experience. And I feel like, um, you know, I would go in and say, gosh, I'm not sleeping or things that are considered normal in the States, right? Like in the States, if you say, oh, I'm not sleeping, it's like, of course you're not, you're pregnant. Mm -hmm. But here she actually sent me to um, a bone therapist, which is, very similar to it's the same idea of like going to a chiropractor only bone therapy here is it's called no pain no pain bone therapy is what it translates to in english and the movements are very gentle and subtle and you're ba- you're barely even touched the you, i mean they will just do a couple of things to your body and to your neck mm-hmm. and then tell you to lay down and take a nap and you wake up, <laughs> it's crazy. You wake up and you're like a little bit out of it. Cause you're like, it's, it's like your body is new. When you get up, you can't even figure out how to walk a little bit. You need a second. Yeah. And that thing stays with you for a few days. And so you know that it's working something in your body. Um, 
And that helped me sleep so much better, helped with my digestion and helped every time that I would leave from bone therapy, Nile would just be dancing around in my womb, moving, moving, moving. Um, it helped really with my pelvis. So after having savvy, I always felt that my pelvis was out of whack. It felt crooked. And if I would lay down on the ground, I could tell like one hip was up higher. And um, the bone therapy got that all perfectly in line. Um, when I first started seeing him, one of my legs was a lot shorter than the other one. He, they, he like got that all straightened out. Like just, he got my body in a, um, just in the, it's prime condition. I feel like right. As far as just alignment goes. And so they believe here that are not everyone, but people who believe in going to the bone therapist here believe that it helps you with your birth, having a really, um, quick birth or a birth where the baby doesn't have a hard time getting through the birth canal because you're aligned properly. So very similar to going to a chiropractor. Um, and I'm like, now I'm trying to figure out how I can just keep going to bone therapy for the rest of my life because I'm so old. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure I need to find a bone therapist. <laughs> you got any recommendations for Greenville, South Carolina? Because <laughs> I, know. I know it's just, oh, uh, and that was just one of the things they, they, so I was seeing the bone therapist once a week. I'd see Sosan of the midwife every two weeks. And then I, they had me getting a reflexology done on my feet. They would do, they had me getting um, massages, full body massages once a month. And then towards the, towards the end of the pregnancy, it was once a week. Um, and they were very adamant about like, rest your eyes. In fact, they told me, I was reading, um, uh, what's anime? Um, what's her book? The Guide to Childbirth or Spiritual Midwifery? Yes, The Guide to Childbirth. Ah, oh, love this book. But I was reading it and I couldn't stop reading it. I was so into it. And so someone was like, she would, she would massage my shoulders or, or massage my feet and say, your eyes are so tired. Like she knew from touching another part of my body, your eyes are so tired and that's why your womb is tight and your womb is tight. And so baby won't be able to get into the proper position because at this time now was actually head up. He was not head down. And um, so she was saying, you know, you need to rest your eyes, stop reading, stop reading. You don't need to read, you know? And I'm like, wow, she's telling me not to read. So I started putting all my books on audio I'm just listening to, you know, listening to them on the, on my ear pods or whatever. Uh, and I was not watching TV and I was just listening to podcasts and said, Hey girl, with your podcast, hey. <laughs> had lots of extra time to listen to that podcast. <laughs> um, and so it was just the idea like that resting your eyes could, and resting your brain. She told me, stop thinking, stop thinking. What are you thinking about? What do you need to think about? Nothing. Grow your baby. Take care of Savvy. Grow your baby. That's it. Let's stop. They're just very, they take you right back down to the basics. Yeah. She's like, if you don't have to work, like you're not a woman where right now you're working full time. You don't have to be sitting at the computer. So don't, you know, you don't have to be on your phone. So don't like very basic ideas but I needed someone to tell me that. And I needed someone to tell me that these things are directly affecting your muscles and the, and your body's condition. And that is why your baby is in the position it's in. So let's take everything, take many steps back and just relax your body, relax your muscles. So 
that's, um, I feel like as soon as I started listening to her and really just following everything she told me to do, my body relaxed a lot. And um, one thing though I will say that I kind of married like that Eastern medicine practice with um, kind of more of our Western style of working out, thanks to you and um, Happy Home Birth Academy and, and the way you really emphasized the importance of just having that strength and not being so focused on the number on the scale, but getting your muscles together and so that you can be prepared for birth and prepared for postpartum. Um, and so I was doing that really, um, what I felt were pretty intense <laughs> workouts um that you recommended and I feel like that put me in the best physical shape I could be in for birth while also Sosan's guidance had me in a very good place mentally and the two of those um really helped me I feel immensely in the birth um so yeah and also a number a huge thing I was doing um prenatally was affirmations, your affirmations, your birth affirmations that you um, offer through your Happy Home Birth Academy. I mean, Julian and Savvy could probably recite them because I have them going so much. <laughs> Surprised now didn't hear that. Telling me, you know, telling me the affirmations. Oh, <laughs> um, but they just. Gosh, first of all, your voice was so soothing. And then just you, you hit every concern I had in my pregnancy. It was like your affirmations would just speak directly to those things. And so that helped me so much um, get into that, the right headspace. Cause I was doing your affirmations and I did your happy home birth Academy. Like as soon as that we got the, we finally got the positive pregnancy test that I'd been testing for every day. I did that like, so it was very early on in my pregnancy. And I felt like that really set me up and helped me have the vision that I needed to have to go into the rest of the pregnancy and, and into the birth. And then towards the back end of the pregnancy, we um, dove into hypno babies. So then that was like, it was like you gave me the groundwork and then the hypno babies really just like took me home with really deep meditation and hypnosis and and doing that kind of work, I was practicing with my hypno baby stuff every day towards the end of the pregnancy. I mean, for hours. And so one thing this pregnancy really showed me, and, and I'm just so grateful to God and, and to Julian that for setting up our life this way that, I mean, this was like a full-time job right. between taking care of Savvy and then doing this pregnancy and all these appointments that they weren't appointments because I was sick, but just appointments that were optional to get my body prepared plus all of the hypnosis and affirmations and then practicing positions and then spinning babies. And then, I mean, I mean, it's truly a full-time job. Who has time to do this in the real world? <laughs> who can, you know, who can do this and go to work? I don't, I mean, good night. Oh man. <laughs> so I was just so grateful that this time I was able to just, man, focus so much. And I, and I feel like I needed to, because I felt that the home birth was going to be, I think when you go to have a hospital birth, sometimes you can feel like, well, someone's going to take, someone's going to like make this happen, right? Somehow it almost just feels like the responsibility is almost going to be on someone else to get the baby here. 
Right. And Homeworth is like, hey, this is all on us. Like our whatever team we have, we have to bring this baby here. And so I feel grateful that I was able to prepare in the way that I was um, for the home birth because wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think you bring up such a great point there too. And the idea that it does seem like, you know, oh, when we go to the hospital, like, oh, it's their responsibility. Like, which, which I, I get that. But when you can compare that now to your experience of having the home birth, it's like, wow, what a, what a missed opportunity that is though, when you don't realize that that power is there for the taking, you know, like that responsibility, it's not like the burdensome type of responsibility. It's the powerful type of responsibility. And for you to be able to step into that, that's incredible. And I, and I think so much of that ties into, oh gosh, don't let me get down this rabbit hole of like maternity leave in the U S but um, Sosan was telling me that she has her working moms. She has them start their maternity leave six to eight weeks before the due date even. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can now take a two months at least and really hone in on taking care of yourself and preparing for birth, which just, I mean, in the States, you're working up until your water breaks a lot of the time. Right. Right. So it's just a, a whole different, uh, so many things that are, are connected and, and that go into, I think the way some of the choices we make in our pregnancies and our births, but I was just so grateful for this setup. And I will say that this baby also 40 weeks came and went, uh, 40, we got close to 41, one weeks and, uh, he decided to come on his own, but, um, the care I received and the message I was receiving was night and day difference. So towards the end of this pregnancy, we're well, well over the due date, which I put in air quotes. Um, and this time there was no fear mongering. I mean, so son was like, relax, your baby is coming. Your baby will come. Your body's your body is doing what it needs to do. And she pointed out something that really blew my mind. She said, you know what, Jasmine? I think your full-term babies are 41-week babies. She said, I don't think your body creates the baby in 40 weeks. She's like, look back at because she knew a lot about Savvy's birth. Savvy was born 41 weeks and three days. She came out, she was eight pounds. Mm-hmm. Right? She was a what if she'd come out earlier than that, she wouldn't have been, you know, as, you know, as thriving the way that she was basically. Right. And then, so, so son even looked back at like my menstrual cycles and at my calendars that I'd been keeping track of for, you know, for years through apps. And she was like, look, like even your cycle is a lot longer than what the average cycle is. So how could you possibly be on the same time frame that that they're giving you. Right. And I said, well, how come no one, well, no one's ever even, I didn't even think of this. So 41 weeks for me is not over a due date. That's a full-term baby for me. And, and I see she was so right because even Niall ended up being born uh, the day before we hit 41 weeks and he came out seven pounds and a lot different even than Savvy did, who was stayed inside of me for four or five more days. So I don't think that you can say, oh, every woman, the the due date needs to be 40 weeks, right? Or, wow, I just was so grateful that Sosan gave me that different perspective and gave me a chance to 
relax and not look at being over the due date as a terrible thing. It was like, no, you're where you're supposed to be. Your baby, it's not your baby's due date yet. And that was so empowering. I mean, looking back at, you know, my last pregnancy going over the due date, it was like, oh, you're, you're threatening. You're basically going to kill your baby. Like these are the, <laughs> the messages that I'm receiving as we get closer to the birth, you know? And so, and, and here, um, so actually the day that, is it okay if I start talking about when he, um, the day that he, he started to come? Please. Okay. Because so, so we'd been doing like, Sosan was telling us to relax, but I was still had in the back of my mind, this fear that, oh gosh, what if I end up, cause, cause here you can go 41 weeks and six days before you need to start looking into like possibly having to birth in a hospital or something like that. So this was always the fear in my mind that wow, what if we go that long? And so, so sounds like your baby will come. I just know, don't worry your body. I can look at your, I can feel your body and tell the baby is coming. But I was like, I need more than that right now. I need a little more concrete, <laughs> something a little more concrete. So Julian and I were doing all the things, you know, I was walking everywhere. I mean, good night, so much walking towards the end of pregnancy. Right. And, um, we were, trying to have special time at night once we'd put Savvy down. I mean, we were, I was eating all the dates and drinking all the teas, just everything, bouncing on the ball. I lived on the birth ball this pregnancy too, especially. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that video that you have on the, on the, um, on the Academy, girl, <laughs> that was my move. That one where you were being really aggressive. Movements. Yeah. It's so, so helpful. It's so awkward to watch, but it is so helpful. It was a little embarrassing. I was like, this is kind of embarrassing to just do this while with families watching TV every night. But I did, I was going to town on that ball. Thanks to how you showed us to do in that, in that video. You were like, this helped me get the baby in position. And mm-hmm. I think it did for me too. So uh, yeah, I was all on that birth ball, especially towards the, towards the end. And so um, one morning, it was a Thursday. Yeah, it was a Thursday morning. I woke up and I was like having surges, but I thought they were just Braxton Hicks because I'd had a lot of Braxton Hicks this time. I mean, every day towards the end. And so, but I said, oh, well, I'll just casually look at the clock and just see like what time it is that these are happening, you know? And so I noticed that they were like ah, 20 minutes apart, 30 minutes apart, not really like there was no pattern or any severe pain, but I just was kind of keeping an eye on the clock. But I um, went through the morning regularly. We got Savvy to school. And Julian, I told him I was having these, um, these uh, what I said were uh, Braxton Hicks contractions. And he was kind of like, okay, today's gonna be the day. <laughs> so he's like, we need to go to the store. We need to get all the things like food for the house. Cause we don't want to be going out after the birth. And he's He's like so excited to go prepare. And I'm just like, mm, I mean, we can go to the store. We do need food in the house. It's always good to have food. <laughs> you know? like, so we go to the store after dropping Savvy off. He like, um, he took the day, you know, to kind of, he's thinking, okay, this, the baby's going to come. So he kind of uh, took the day off of work, just worked from home and was like on the phone a lot doing work stuff, but not at the office. And so He's like, okay, we go, we go to the store after having sat after dropping Savvy off. We go there. We're so early to the store, it's still closed. <laughs> so we're sitting in the parking lot, nobody else. And then my alarm starts going off on my phone. Um, 
oh, I was like, oh, I have a bone therapy today. I totally forgot. I didn't even, you know, at this point, your brain is mush. It's like, mm-hmm. how are you even functioning human? I don't know. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I have bone therapy in 30 minutes. And then Julian's like, okay, well, let's go back to the house. Cause I left the house. I didn't have a purse, ID, wallet. I was like, oh, we're just, I'm just going for a ride. I don't know. I'm just out here. (laughs) He's like, you know, you should have identification because you are an adult. So let's go home. (laughs) Let's go get your stuff. You know. So we went, came back home, picked up all my stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm still having these Braxton when I'm thinking our Braxton Hicks contractions. So there's still like 20 minutes, 15 minutes. There's no pattern. So I said, well, let me grab a couple snacks, throw them in my bag, just in case it ends up being a long, a long day or something, or I need some, something kicks in and I need a little energy. And so we, we head out to bone therapy and on the way, I just text Sosan like, Hey, I'm kind of having surges, but they're so mild and not much, not much, um, pattern yet, but I'm heading to bone therapy. Should I still go? Or maybe should I just relax? Like, I don't know. What do you think should, you know? And she said, definitely go to bone therapy. And then right after that, come here to the birth house. And I'm going to just do all the things to you today. So just prepare for a long day. And I'm like, okay. So I go to bone therapy and what was, what made me think, huh, maybe these are not Braxton Hicks contractions was when, after he um, did the uh, adjustment and then had me take the nap. I was still having the surges. So normally, you know, with Braxton Hicks, as soon as you lay down or change position, they go away. But these were, I I had like maybe about four or five while I was there. So in the course of an hour. So I said, huh, my body's like doing something, but it's probably not labor. (laughs) And um, so then uh, bone therapy ended and uh, I feel so connected. I just want to say, I feel so connected to everyone who helped take care of my body during the pregnancy. You know, I can't, I want to like take Nile around to all of them and say, your baby made it. Like, thank you. You, you helped me bring this baby here. But I remember, uh, so the bone therapy doctor, he didn't speak English. So anytime we would talk, we would use like translator on our phone. We wouldn't talk much because again, I feel like birth and taking care of a pregnant body, not, there's not much that needs to be said. If you guys have this connection and you trust each other, then I would just, I trusted what he needed to do to my body. And um, so, but as I was leaving, he said, he said, you are in labor. And he said, God bless your, God bless your birth. And he just Aww. bowed and I was just like, oh, thank you. You know, like so, so emotional, sweet. like, oh my God. Yeah. And um, so, but I still was like, oh, he's so, he's so cute. I'm not in labor, but how sweet that he practiced this, like, you know, for the day. he was waiting for the day. He knew the day would come, right? That, and I think he felt honored to see me on the what he felt was the was the birthing day, mm-hmm. and I was just so grateful. So, uh, after seeing him, Julian dropped me off at the birth house, and Sosan had this amazing meal waiting for me. A warm meal. Um, all of the food that they prepare for pregnant moms and postpartum moms is like all plant based and different vegetables and tofu and it's super, super good. So, um, she was like, yeah, fuel up. So I sat there and ate lunch and then she had me lay in a dark room on a tatami mat, which is just laying on the floor. And she strapped, um, the monitors up to my belly and she's like, just want to monitor baby and monitor your, 
contractions and just see where we are. And of course, the whole time I'm there, no contractions now, nothing's happening at all. She's like, well, baby looks great, but your body's not doing anything right now, but that's okay. She said, normally around this time of day, this is what will happen. Your body will just kind of rest, especially if you're out and about. And um, probably tonight things will pick back up when you get back home. So I was like, okay, cool. Again, very different. It's not like I got there and there was no surges and she didn't say, well, go on home. We don't really need to see you. Right. She's like, this is normal. I still, she still believed me, I, I guess is the, is how I would put that. She still believed me and she still believed in my body. It wasn't a dismissal, which I've seen so many times um, in the States. Um, so, so after the lunch and then um, doing the little, uh, what I guess would be the equivalent of a stress test here. I think that was kind of like a stress test uh, on the baby. Um, then she had me go upstairs and do an hour of reflexology, which is basically a foot massage from heaven. I mean, how <laughs> is this my life, right? <laughs> and then uh, after the reflexology, so Sosan actually has another bone therapist within her birth house. So she had me go down and see this bone therapist. Um, and she did a lot more stretching on me, um, a lot more. So it was a lot more physical um, this time. And then I went back to Sosan and, and she's like, um, okay, so now, you know, I think your baby will come in a few days. We just wait and no worries. And I was like, at this time, at this point, we're 40 weeks and six days. And I said, Sosan, what do you think about castor oil? Cause I, I just don't, I need the backup plan. Like I can't be going to the hospital during, like this is, this can't happen. And she's like, you're not going to the hospital. You don't need castor oil, but I do use it. And I do, I've seen it work and I think it will work beautifully on you. We can take that route if that's a decision you want. And I said, yeah, where, let, where do I find castor oil in Tokyo? <laughs> yeah. I need it now. <laughs> Say less. Like, yeah, where do I go? <laughs> And she's like, oh, I have it here. You can buy it here at the birth house. Of course you do, Sosan. So she sends me home with these two bottles of castor oil and she tells me the exact plan. She wants me to take this amount and mix it. So she wanted me to actually mix it with warm milk, which I thought was very different than what I've heard of like, you know, um, midwife's brew and then things like this, where it's more of a fruity mm-hmm. mix. But she was saying the warm milk will help your body accept it with ease, the warmth. They're very big here on warming the inside of your body and your digestion. And so, um, so I was like, okay, well, I'll do whatever you tell me. So she said, okay, tonight before bed, make your little milk, warm milk, put a castor oil and then drink it before bed. And, and that will probably get things going. And then if not, we'll do a little bit more tomorrow night. So she was going to really ease it. She didn't want to like do this because I think she actually, she didn't think I needed to use it. So she was trying to like pacify me, but also (laughs) <laughs> still honor what I was asking her to do. Right. You know, like she was still doing what I wanted when making me feel empowered in my decisions, mm-hmm. but saying like, girl, you don't need castor oil. You're already, you're already in labor today. In labor, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, at this point, God, Julian, oh, he's so amazing. He'd been running around. He picked up Savvy from school, came back to pick me up. So I get to the car and I remember opening the door and Savvy just had this, um, ice cream everywhere all over her face and she's so happy I'm like oh this is time with daddy for sure right like and, and it I, is. yeah I remember I took a picture of her because I just thought if this is the day you know how special that she's just so happy and and everything she's here with us and all the things so 
Um, so we, I hop in the car and Julian's like, okay, now we're going to go to the store. I'm like, oh, this man is still trying to get to the store. <laughs> We've been trying to get to the store all day. <laughs> so he's like, we have to go to the store to get everything, you know, just, just in case. So we go to the store and, um, I jump out of the car and I want to say, this is a store that's like, I walked to the store with Savvy for a year and then. I, I would walk there through my pregnancy and I, it's like our neighborhood international market. Like, so it's special to me that this was a stop on our journey. Um, so we get to the store park and I hop out of the car and I'm like, whoa, like as soon as my feet hit the ground, I had this big surge mm. and I was like, I, I can't, I, mm. nope. <laughs> and Julian's so like, like oh. I need to get in the store. <laughs> He literally was like, okay, Savvy, come with me. We're going in the store. He's like, you just sit here. But you know, after you have a big surge like that, you don't really want to sit. So I thought I'll just walk around the neighborhood and how special will that be anyway that I've spent so much time walking around this neighborhood. So it's cool to be walking now if this is something. Like I just kept being like, if this is the time. So I just walked around a bit um, while he and Savvy were in the store then they came back and then we made one more stop to pick up dinner. And again, while Julian was picking up the food, I had another big surge in the car. And I thought, hmm, that's not really a pattern. It's been like 30, they're still so far, right? But these were, these were pretty big surges. I hadn't had anything like this through the pregnancy. So then we go home, we eat our salads and I clean the kitchen. I'm just doing all the normal things, but the surges were coming now um, to the point where I did have Julian. I was like, you know, babe, like hit the app because we downloaded the contraction app or whatever. So I would tell him, okay, hit it. You know, I'm having one now, hit it. But like nothing, I was still doing laundry. I was still doing the dishes. I was getting savvy in the, in the bathtub. You know, I'm still going about the night regularly. And meanwhile, Julian's down on the main floor. He's setting up the whole birthing area the way, exactly the way I wanted it. He's got the birth tub up there, the birth pool. He brought the birth pool up and he's getting the little LED candle lights out. And I'm like, babe, you do realize all this stuff is going to be sitting in here for days, probably. I mean, for days, we're going to just have all this stuff just in the house. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like, and by the way, hit that, hit that contraction app again. I have another one right now. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, babe, I know. I'm just doing it just in case. I just wanted to be prepared. You know, so one thing off my list. I'm like, okay, well, it does look nice. So I'm, maybe it will help me vis visualize the birth so the baby will come faster. And I was like, but I'm going to go, like, let's put Savvy down so we can take this castor oil and see if any of this will start working, you know? And hit that contraction app because I'm having another one right now. <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay. So while he's putting Savvy to sleep, I go to the bathroom and I started having diarrhea and I thought, huh, I didn't take the castor oil yet. <laughs> How am I having diarrhea right now? And, and then I said, babe, can you, I shouted to him, can you send me a screen grab of the, of the app? Cause I hadn't been tracking when he was just tracking them. And I was like, oh, they're like consistently eight minutes apart and I'm having diarrhea. I better text Sosan. <laughs> hmm. So I sent her the screen grab and I was like, I'm having diarrhea and, and this is what we're looking at now. And she said, just do not take the castor oil. That was the text back. Nope. <laughs> do not take the castor oil. And, um, and I was just like, okay. And she said, just go upstairs and take a bath and 
And just let me know if things, if the contractions get closer together. Now, I want to say she had told me previously that she had another mom that was also like, we were kind of in the same place as like mm, birth coming in a couple days. And she had, she said that um, she told our babies when she saw both of us that day, that our babies need to talk to each other in heaven and decide who's coming out when, because she needs to be at both of our births. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I loved it. I love that. She said, talk to, talk to each other in heaven and, and they decide and. And so I thought as soon as she stopped, as soon as she told me to take a bath, my doula brain kicked in. I was like, oh, she doesn't want my baby to come tonight. <laughs> She's trying to make me relax. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like I know this game. So, but I listened, you know, like whatever. At this point, I'm just all about what Sosan says. I'm, it's Bible. I believe it. So I uh, went up, took a bath um, and the surges got stronger. Now I remember when I was in the bathtub, I felt them start to wrap around to my back and I had a lot of back labor with savvy. And so as soon as I started feeling that it was no longer just the, you know, Braxton Hicks is just your, just your stomach, right? It's like tightening. But as soon as I felt it like a belt going all the way around, I said, Oh, and I'm feeling this while I'm in the bathtub. I was like, maybe this is something, maybe this is labor. And um, I said, well, if it is, well, let me get out. I need to get out of the tub because I can't be sitting in here. I need to go put my makeup on because if this baby is going to be coming, I need to be prepared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now yeah. it's like nine o'clock at night. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm acknowledging that we may be in labor now after being in labor all day, actually. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like, but my priorities are make sure my face is presentable for these pictures that we might end up having tonight. Mm-hmm. So I go downstairs and I'm like doing my makeup and Julian is having to do counter pressure. Like the surgeries are to the point now where I need counter pressure. <laughs> so I'm like bronzer, blush and babe, go ahead, please. Another one is coming, you know, like go ahead and, and counter pressure. So we have some funny uh, memories of just that. Like, what am I even doing right now? And he's telling me, babe, I think I should call, I should call Martha, our doula and get her over here. And I'm like, oh God, no, no, we're doing fine. But please counter pressure, go, go. And I'm like having him do all these things. Like, and so he's not even listening to me. I tell him, no, don't worry about it. We're fine. We got this. Let Martha sleep. And he's like texting Martha. Hey, Martha, please come over, you know? So, uh, she came over and thank goodness she did because right around then I really needed to start focusing, right? It was, I was really feeling the surges and I was very present because I was still doing all the things as if maybe this wasn't labor. So when she came, she's like, let's go upstairs. Let's go get a little rest. Let's just lay down, you know? And I was like, okay, good idea. This is what was just so crazy to me. So when we, when we got up to the bedroom and I laid down and that's when I started listening to my hypno babies, um, and I very quickly, and I think because of how much I practiced it throughout the pregnancy, but I very quickly got into this just very relaxed state. Like I went from, oh, I need to do all the things. This is my to-do list. Just, just total surrender. I don't have a to-do list. I don't, I, I, I'm just going into my special place right now. And I was able to do that very fast. And so, um, one thing that we were really worried about with this labor was like our stamina because last time remember with savvy we had been up for forever and we were falling asleep and it was so bad 
So this time we were like wanting to make sure we rested in early labor. So when Martha came and, and um, she and Julian helped me through some of the surges and Julian saw like how relaxed I was able to be, we kind of said, hey, okay, maybe Julian should go take a little bit of a nap, go take like an hour nap because we've been up since, we've been up all day, you know, now. So if he can go take a nap, Martha will be here with me and then maybe they can switch off, you know? And that's the beauty. I'm so grateful, so grateful we had that option this time with having the doula and that Julian really trusted her and trusted my body to where he would even allow himself to go. Because when we were in the hospital, there's no way, I mean, you couldn't have paid that man enough that he would never have left me, you know, but he did trust and feeling so safe in our home this time. He went and he actually got like a nap, like an hour and a half nap while we were, Martha and I were just going through it up in the, up in the bedroom. And what was really, really beautiful was um, through Hypno Babies early on in the training, they have you create a safe space in your mind that you can go to. And they say, you, it's wherever you want to be and whoever you want to be with you is there. And so I always go to the private beach where Julian and I got married. That's my safe space. There's flamingos running around and the sun is setting. And I have Savvy and Julian and Niall with me there in my safe space. So Savvy's chasing after the flamingos and Julian's like got a cigar and he's laughing. I just see him like this great big laugh. And then I'm like, linked arms with him and I'm holding Niall. So I already have Niall. He's already with our family in this safe space. And so every surge, that's where I went. And I was so happy. And I felt, I felt how warm it was there. I smelled the ocean. Like I could hear Savvy laughing and Julian. I just was like, we were so happy. So I was, it was to the point where I wanted to go. I wanted the surges because I wanted to go back there. I just loved being there. And, and even though Julian was napping, it was like he was with me because he was there in my safe, he's my safe space. Like he was there and it was just so, oh my God, I, I, I can't even, looking back, I just can't even believe that that's where I was going during contractions. And, um, and then in between them, I, would, I was actually so relaxed that I could go to sleep. So I would go to sleep, I'd have about two minutes to three minutes, but you know, you have no concept of time. So it felt like I actually went to sleep like for the night. Right. And then I would, my body would just beautifully like tell me, okay, you have another one coming. Like these surges were so different this time. I felt them coming. I had got a little warning, like, okay, one is coming. It's going to go up. And I, it gave me time to wake up and say, okay, another one is coming. And then they would start the counter pressure. And then I would go into my, into my, onto the beach with my family, right? In my mind. And then I would feel it ease back down. And then I would just lay down and go right back to sleep. Like, wow, how amazing. This is so different than what I experienced last time. I'm, I, wow. I, I was just mind blown in the moment. I just kept saying, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I was just like, thanking God. I was just so grateful that it was such a beautiful dance this time. I wasn't trying to leave my body. Like I, I wanted to be experiencing these things. It was not a pain-free, I didn't have a pain-free birth, but I welcomed the sensations. Like I was so happy to have them. And so all the pictures I look back on, my hands are open, my mouth, my jaw is relaxed. And I'm just like, my eyes are closed. I'm just in this, place. I just remember I was just 
saying open, open, and thank you, thank you. And listening to my hypno babies and going to the beach with my family and my mind and every surge, it was just, I, I can't even. And Julian and Martha tell me every time after they did a, like a counter pressure, I would tell them, thank you guys so much. <laughs> like, I was very ad, like I knew I was very direct. So I was very, I was able to be very clear on what I needed, even though I was in this deep meditative state. But then I was always met it with such gratitude on the back end. So if they were not having their hands in the right spot for counter pressure, I would tell them, no, I need it right here. Okay. And then they would do it. And I would say, just thank you so much. Just thank you. So that was something that we really practiced in the, with hypno babies was like, you will have clarity to communicate what you need and, and you will do it from a place of power. And I really saw that, saw that play out in our birth. Um, I, I just, I can't even, I, I can't even, uh, find the words. And so I, I remember at one point, Sosan came and, and her, a couple, one of her midwives came and they came in and checked me. And she said, now I'd, I'd already been a two for like a week. I'd already been added to, you know, just walking around that way. So now she said, Oh, you're only a three. And as soon as she said that it was so funny because I had in my hypno babies, it was telling me like any information that you receive that does not serve you is not, is not for you. So the timing, even of all of this, just thank God for it. Because when she said that, I was like, oh, okay, thank you. Like, thank you. We're good here. We'll see. You know, she was kind of saying, so it may be, you know, tomorrow night, it may be a very long labor. Your body's opening. This is happening, but it's taking time. So just keep doing what you're doing. Keep resting. And I was like, okay, she's cute. She thinks this is going to be, I'm going to be doing this until tomorrow night. <laughs> like, okay, we got you, girl. Thanks. <laughs> and I just let it go. I didn't focus on the number. I didn't, I just went right back to being at the beach with Savvy and Julian and Niall and, and going through these just, oh man, the surges felt so, I was just so grateful to have them this time. Um, and I remember doing random positions that I, I thought I needed to prepare so much for what positions I would be in in birth, but my it was like, I was just so primal. I just would get on all fours on the bed naturally or, or ask for the birth ball and, and do something with the birth ball. And it was not, none, none of it was from a thinking standpoint. It was just, it was like innate, right? It was just, I just knew, oh, the baby just knew what I needed to do. And he was really guiding me. And I was so available for that. And I'm just, wow. And Martha did a really amazing thing, which I think helped a lot because I was resting through so much of the labor. Every 30 minutes, she made me get up and go to the bathroom. So now we're changing. That's a major position change, going from laying down to standing up. Then we're walking. Then we're sitting on the toilet, which you know is like the best place you can be. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so doing that every 30 minutes, I think, really helped um, with just position changes, changes and opening me up also. So at one, at one point, uh, while I was in the room having a surge, my hypno babies track ended and another one needed to start, but I like couldn't find my phone and Julian was downstairs getting me snacks. And so I just was kind of like, oh, oh God, having a panic moment where I was super present and I had a surge come and it felt 
very powerful. So because I was not in the mental space to receive it, and I was really loud on that one, and it woke Savvy up, and she came running in, and I was actually just so happy to see her that I was happy that she woke up because I got to, I just said, Savvy, come in the bed, come in the bed with mommy. And I just held her for a few minutes. And uh, I, I, I just, my heart felt like Savvy was giving me permission to go ahead and bring Niall in now, now that I had that moment with her. So Julian came up, took Savvy back to her room and I got my hypno babies back on the right track. And uh, the next trip to the bathroom, I was standing there. And, I mean, I was sitting there and midwife was getting ready to check uh, the baby's heartbeat. So she's down below. And I said, babe, can you come stand here talking to Julian? I just want, I just want to hold your, hold your arm. And as soon as he came over to me, my water just broke all over the place. <laughs> the poor midwife got drenched. Julian got drenched. Everyone just, I was like, I don't know how my body knew that I wanted Julian to be standing right there for that. <laughs> but it was like from a movie, a big a big pop and then just gush everywhere, all over the bathroom. And everyone said, yeah, they were cheering. And I was just like in such a dazed, confused place. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I don't know, but I knew that this meant like, okay, we're, we're moving, you know? And so after though, after my water broke, man, I, the surges, they felt different. I felt them in a different way than I had before. Um, but we had the birth tub on the main floor. So we had to go downstairs and after my water broke, they said, okay, we're going to get you down towards the birth tub. So now we're going downstairs. Oh, I had a few surges on the way down and I was like, oh yeah, this is, mm. I remember when I got downstairs, I said to Sosan, I said, so Sosan, you don't think these, are, are these Braxton Hicks? Are we, like I had a, <laughs> I was so, cause I was just like, I, I'm still not sure if I'm in labor. Are these Braxton Hicks? And she's like, no, Jasmine, this is, <laughs> this is good. This is real, you know, this is happening. But I just kept thinking to myself, this can't be labor because what I went through last time, I'm still waiting for that, right? I'm still waiting for those, not saying this is easy, but this is, this is something that my body is doing in such a beautiful, slow, smooth, easy way. It's just working, all working together. And that didn't happen last time. Last time was full on attack. So I was waiting for that. That was my, you know, I'm thinking like, oh, this, we're still waiting for that to happen, for this to be labor. And so I get downstairs and God, the room, the whole floor was beautiful. The the lights were off and, and the little LED candles were everywhere and the pool was was there and my affirmations were all over the place that my friends had sent. And it was just like walking into what I everything I pictured it would be. And as soon as I got down there, Sosan was checking the water temperature and she said, Oh, I'm sorry, you you can't get in just yet. And I said, Okay. And I just laid down on the floor. <laughs> We have pictures of me just laying on the floor, just waiting. No, no problem. Like I, it was, there was no panic. There was no concern. And there was one part where I said, oh, I, I need to go, I need to go poop. <laughs> so uh, Martha and Julian helped me to the bathroom. And while I was sitting there, just out of nowhere, my body went, huh, huh. I was like, oh, 
I had a moment of, this is what everyone talks about on Caitlin's podcast. <laughs> this is happening. I'm getting that, uh, I'm getting that feeling where the body is just pushing on its own. And then um, Sosan heard, heard that sound and she said, get her to the tub, get her to the pool. Oh, and also I wanted to say while I was laying on the ground, just waiting, they had checked me again and they said I was an eight. So then after that, I said, I need to poop. And um, so and this was all maybe, no, now we're talking. I think when they checked me the first time, it was around maybe 11. Now it's maybe five o'clock in the morning. So this is about, you know, that amount of time. You can, you know, the math, <laughs> you know. So, um, so I went to the bathroom that she heard the sounds. She told me, she told everyone, okay, get her into the tub. And what Martha told me later on was that there was never a problem with the temperature of the water. It was that she was waiting. Sosan was waiting for that sound before letting me get in because she didn't want to slow down the labor. Mm-hmm. Nikki. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. <laughs> so I get into the water and Caitlin, it felt like everything I dreamed it was going to feel like. Because, you know, you can think you're going to want to want the water and then you can hate it when you experience it, right? It felt like, Wow, I felt just such a release and so relaxed when I when I just got in there. And then I said, what if I wanted Julian to get in the water with me? And they said, well, he needs to run upstairs and rinse off the, and then he can he can get in. Oh, OK, great. We got plenty of time for this. No problem. <clears throat> and so Julian runs upstairs to take a shower. And because I was so looking back at the videos and everything, I mean, I was just so calm and relaxed. I don't think that he realized it was, this was happening quickly. So he's upstairs taking like an actual shower. Like he's like said, he was like washing his hair and like, <laughs> rinsing, you know, taking his time. And as I'm in the, in the birth pool downstairs, my body goes, huh, huh, again. And then Sosan puts her hand there and she says, baby's head and then she's so she's holding she's holding Niles head there and she's like Julian Julian she's like screaming at the top of her lungs for Julian to get out of the shower <laughs> and, and and then we had um we had our nanny here with us because she was gonna just make sure we had someone with savvy the whole the whole time so our nanny's running up and down the stairs also yelling Julian and banging on the bathroom door and and trying to get him out and the whole time, I remember hearing a lot was going on, but I was still on the beach with Savvy chasing flamingos. And I was still just in this total praise and worship state. Like I was, I, I was not there, but I look back at the videos and I'm like, I can't believe all of this was happening. And, and I just remember I was feeling the ring of fire at this time as Sosan's holding his head, Niall's head there as his head is trying to come out. And so Next thing I know, Julian runs down the stairs with Savvy. So I think Savvy woke up with all the commotion and screaming that was going on. He puts Savvy down, gives Savvy to the nanny, and he just hops into the into the birth pool with me. And one thing that we look back on that was so hilarious is that he'd come from the shower, so he was soaking wet and he never dried off. So in all of our pictures, he looks like he went swimming in the birth pool. <laughs> like dripping water is so good man <laughs> like people need to know that he's just taking a shower he did not go like deep diving looking for the baby in the birth hole okay <laughs> it was like man you really love your wife someone in all her juices there man 
<laughs> so um, when he gets in the pool and as soon as he gets in, Sosan lets her hand go. And then my body just one more time, <laughs> really like bear down. And then she's like, his head is out. And I was like, really? I, I didn't even, what, when did, I'm thinking, when did the head come out? I didn't even feel like it, it, this wasn't bad. I'm still like, are we sure these aren't Braxton Hicks? Like, I'm still confused. <laughs> and as soon as his head comes out, I was, I was like on my knees with my elbows on the edge of the pool when his head came out. And then she had me, she had Julian sit back and she had me sit on top of him. And then she said, okay, just breathe. We just wait. So we've got these wild pictures where his head is just out and I'm just relaxing. I mean, I could be on, on, you know, at the pool somewhere, just relaxing on. Wow. And and in the video, I see Julian was talking to Savvy. He's saying, Savvy, baby brother's coming, baby brother's coming. And, and I'm just saying, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Like, I'm so just grateful. So it's just this beautiful moment of just praise. And then also Savvy being incorporated into all of it. And then again, my body went, oh, and I started arching my back, I guess, just trying to like get some type of, I don't know, I just was arching my back. And Sosan said, chin to chest, chin to chest. So then I put my head down. And as soon as I did that and just breathed, his body just came right out. Wow. wow. And then Sosan said, get your baby, get your baby. And I'm like, I'm just like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm like, I'm still not back in my body yet. So Sosan had to get, Sosan got the baby. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll get the baby. Don't worry. <laughs> Someone will get the child. <laughs> so she like gets him and she just kind of gives him to me, but all underwater. Mm-hmm. And wow, we're just looking at him and he's just looking at us. And he's he's like with us, but underwater still, like as if he's still in the womb. Oh my God. And then she said, okay, now turn him over and slowly stand up because I guess a lot of people, this natural don't want to cradle him and stand up, but she was more worried about, I guess, water going down into. So she said, turn him over and stand up slowly. So we have these pictures where he's turned over and he's facing down towards the pool and we're standing up and it looks like something from a National Geographic, like some, some type of like animal just gave birth to her baby and it's just wow that's how I felt too in the moment that's how I felt so powerful and so at this point um he hadn't made any sounds or anything and so um Sosan was getting me ready to lay down and she said hand the baby to Julian so we can get you on your back and as soon as the baby's still connected to me obviously through the um umbilical cord but my cord was extremely long. <laughs> Looking back, we were like, oh, wow, okay. So I handed Julian the baby, and as he's holding Niall, and as I'm kind of getting in position to get ready to lay down, Niall just starts crying so loud, and it was like, oh, and then I just started crying because I thought, wow, it's like as soon as he was in his dad's arms, he just came to. It was like, it was just like this, powerful wild moment of this their connection and and oh god I, I felt that what a reward like uh, just how amazing for Julian to have that moment right like it was just it was so so powerful looking back and um so then they laid me down on the on the so they had some 
a little mattress on the floor, on the bed, on the floor. So I laid down on the floor and I actually stayed there for two hours. They didn't want me to get up for two hours. And um, he did the breast crawl on his own, made his way to finding, finding some food. And meanwhile, the placenta came out just on its own very quickly after the, after, after the baby. But um, I will say, wow, those, those contractions after the baby were very strong. I felt like, so in the video, I'm just like still like moaning and breathing through those surges, even though the baby is with me because yeah, I, I know I, I didn't feel them the first time because I had the epidural, but I do also hear that they get more strong with each kid. Right. So they were pretty, oh man, <laughs> they felt they felt worse than they than the ones that brought Nile into the world. Right. You're, and you've like, I've already got the reward. Why am I doing this? <laughs> Why am I still going through this? Yeah. But I uh I I was just so grateful. I remember asking the doula, I was like, hey Martha, like, just can you let me know if there's a if you if it, there looks like there's a lot of blood or anything. I just want to be prepared. Um Sosan and her team are so uh keep calm and carry on type of, of people where you would never know if there was something they were worried about. And so I kind of wanted to be clued in to what was going on just from like an outside person. Um, Cause I think that was my number one thing I was thinking about was just hemorrhaging after the birth or what that would look like. And, and so Martha kept an eye on it and she would just always give me thumbs up. Like, no, you're good. Like there, I kept waiting for there to be something. I'm like, so we're not transferring. Like, I'm just like, so we're good. Like, so the birth is done. The placenta's here. The baby is breastfeeding. Like, is this really, and these weren't Braxton Hicks. Like, I'm just like confused. Like this happened. Oh. And so I just, uh, I cried so much after, as I'm laying there on the floor, I, I just, so much gratitude. It was just, I was in this space of like full on, just just a, a joy and and uh, just gratefulness that I, I I can't even find the words to describe and it was just amazing he he came into the world right in there in our living room area and um on his own we didn't we didn't have to even use the castor oil <laughs> use the castor oil gosh Jasmine what a an amazing story. And it's been so fascinating to hear the differences, you know, just from the state yeah. to Tokyo, from hospital to home, you just have so much here and it has been just incredibly fascinating. Um, I just, I love the perspective that you have brought to your, both of your birthing experiences. And I know that moms are going to glean so much from this. So it was such a joy to have you on the podcast. I'm so glad that you were able to come on. You knew it would happen. <laughs> I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Gosh, thank you so much, Caitlin. And I'm hoping maybe one day I'll be on again. Julian's been telling everyone, oh, this is how we're having all the babies now. So <laughs> you're welcome back. And Julian's coming back next time too. <laughs> yes, exactly. We need to bring him on and um, just, just thank you. And, and I just hope that mama's listening and babies uh, in the womb listening, just know that, that you just have everything you need. Um, and I think just, there's so much power in, in envisioning the birth that you want and preparing for that birth um, and then having the support 
to get you through however your birth ends up unfolding. Um, so yeah, just thank you so much, Caitlin. And thank you for your course and thank you for this community. And thank you for your podcast, which has just felt like so many of my best girls, you know, my best friends just having home births left and right. And it made me feel like, oh, this is what people do. You know, sometimes you share with other people that you're going to have a home birth and it's met with concern or fear or a puzzled look. And to have something like your podcast where it just makes us feel like we're part of something bigger and this is something safe and this is something that people believe in. And, and um, I'm just, I'm grateful to you. So, so thank oh, you. That's such an honor. Thank you, Jasmine. Yeah, I love Jasmine. <laughs> I'm sure you do too after this episode. Isn't she incredible? As we head into this week's episode roundup, I have three points that I really wanted to focus on. The first thing is your change of plans does not have to feel like a failure. It can feel like a party. Can we please talk about how amazing Jasmine's hospital experience turned out? What I love about this is that it's not what she had planned, but she and her husband made the decision in the moment to be positive, work together, and make the most out of their birth. They chose to make a game-time decision after laboring for hours upon hours with Pitocin contractions to get an epidural. And was it a failure? No. Jasmine and Julian accepted their change of plans gracefully and enjoyed their journey and look back fondly on their birth. Number two, a change of plans in one birth does not mean a change of plans in every birth following. Remember that each story is different. Each baby is different. Each labor is different. Jasmine was confident in her ability to give birth at home without pain medication, even though she opted to use it during her first birth. She knew this was absolutely not something that would hold her back in her home birth. And here we see it again, Pitocin contractions and natural oxytocin-induced contractions are two very different things. Jasmine kept wondering when the feeling from her first birth would arrive, and it never did. And finally, I love what Jasmine said about her preparation for her second birth. It felt like a full-time job. There's no denying it. Preparing our bodies and minds and spirits for birth does take some amount of work. Fun work? Sure, but it's directed attention. Just like an athlete prepares for the upcoming event, so we too as mothers can set aside time to connect to ourselves and our babies, prepare our hearts and bodies, and truly acknowledge the intensity and power that is giving birth to a new human. Okay, my friends, happy Mother's Day. Don't forget that Happy Home Birth Academy is on sale this week, only with the coupon code MOM20 at checkout. Click the show notes for the link to the sales page or go to myhappyhomebirth.com and click on Happy Home Birth Academy in the upper right-hand corner. That is all I've got for you today. I'll see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.